uh, hey there. Hi, yes, uh, welcome to our podcast. Better, Better. Uh, no, you can say it. <laughs> Better when awkward. A podcast by us, two childhood best friends who lost touch and have reconnected during a pandemic. I'm Danny. And I'm Jasmine. We talk about all that interests us and all we have learned through life so far. So join us as we laugh, hang out, and stumble to look. <laughs> stumble to navigate life's awkwardness. Finding life to be really better when awkward. Welcome to our Spooktober Ooh. bonus episode. <laughs> yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Good. This yeah, is this I'm is a special a... episode. It is. Because it is a special bonus episode. Yes, it's coming out two weeks after the previous episode, but we forgot to mention our episodes will now drop once a month. <laughs> so this is a bonus episode. Yes, this is a bonus episode because Halloween is the best holiday. So we have to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So you're welcome. Wait, your birthday's coming up, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're so upset about it. <laughs> George and I are going camping next week. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I really hope mm -hmm. that my uh, spooky stories don't make it um, difficult. Too spooky? Too spooky. <laughs> hope you don't get too spooked on your camping trip. I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you get there, turn around, come home. Nope, too spooky. Too much spook. Too spooked. <laughs> much spook too much spook <laughs> oh yeah so that'll be fun that'll be fun how are you though good I'm my actually... birthday is not coming up. no <laughs> no <laughs> it always it always was so strange to me how much older you are to me not strange but like in my friend group i'm the oldest right and mm -hmm. so like it feels like you're just so much older than me when it's six months uh, yeah <laughs> because it's like technically a different year but like mm -hmm. we're the same school year it's very strange <laughs> yes it's weird for me because <laughs> in my friend groups i'm the youngest oh wow yeah <laughs> so being older than people is like weird yeah so yeah, weird. i don't know why because i'm usually pretty wise in all my friend groups mm-hmm and I feel like mentally older than them, but but you're with you it's yeah. it's yeah I'm younger really but with you it's kind of like on par. Gotcha. I would say. <laughs> I was just like, what you gonna say there? <laughs> <laughs> with you, say? I'm like way wiser because yeah. I'm older, so <laughs> like so much wiser. <laughs> like those six months, man. Like I I just can't wait for the next six months where I can just obtain <laughs> your level of wisdom. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what are we doing today for our bonus spook episode? We are reading our self-written, handwritten, the computer-written. I don't know. We wrote them. Our scary stories <laughs> that spook we wrote. Stories. Spook stories specifically for this episode. And as a bonus, we have two guest writers who wrote each mm -hmm. a, uh, a 
that story and I will go more into that when we get to those stories. So so I haven't heard any of these other stories aside mm-hmm. from my own obviously. Right. And I wrote my stories and I I've read one of the surprise stories and then I haven't heard or read the uh the other guest story. So I'm super excited about it. Should be good. I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear your stories. Got some actual writers up in here. It's going to be good. <laughs> All right. No pressure. All the pressure. Spook. Spook. Me spook out. pressure. Full spook <laughs> mode. Spook mode Hopefully. activated. Oh, okay. Should I turn the lights off? Make it spooky. Spooky. But then I can't see you. Then. Well, I guess that oh. works, though, because they can't see us. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was thinking at first because I use my tablet to Zoom with you, Mm -hmm. but I also use my tablet to write, so I was like, oh no, I have to get my phone to read my story so I can see her face while I read them to her. So, I think that's an important component. I think so too. I agree. But hopefully it'll be fine for the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the listeners will get to listen to it with all the sound effects, so... And if they really want, they could, like, listen while they're in front of a mirror to see how they react. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I know. <laughs> or not. I, don't know. I mean, you do you. If you want to you feed your narcissism, by all means, live your best life. I mean, yeah, do what you want. The suggestions are there. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so you're gonna read one of yours first. I'm gonna read first. <clears throat> I'm prepared to listen. Okay, I think I'm gonna read the one I have that's based off of a true story first. <gasps> because. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Okay, so th- this story is based off of a true story. This is the only one that I have that is based off a true story, but. Here it goes. Alright, so this story is called The Farmhouse on the Lake. When I was growing up, my parents, my brother, and I would visit family that lived in an old farmhouse on the edge of Lake Michigan. The house sat on a gravel lot surrounded by a large cornfield. It was the kind of place that was silent except for creaking doors and the soft hum of the waves of the lake in the distance. At night, it was covered in a blanket of darkness, so thick that you couldn't see past the first few feet of the cornfield. When we stayed there overnight, I could always hear coyotes howling from the nearby woods, and I would never go outside alone after the sun went down, because that's when the cornfield would hide every sort of creature that I could imagine. Aside from the old furnishings and the thin layer of sand covering the floor tracked in by the house's many visitors, the main floor was a relatively warm and comforting place. I never dared to descend the long set of stairs to the basement. Whatever hid in the dark blur of wood and concrete was concealed behind a very heavy wood door that was rarely, if ever, opened. The stairs leading upstairs, on the other hand, were at the end of a windowless hallway. White paint chipped away from the wooden railing and the steps groaned under my tiny feet. The upstairs was my least favorite place for a number of reasons. It was old and rarely used. Everything in the house was always at least a little bit moist, but upstairs was somehow always a little colder, and the dampness clung to everything in the room. One of the three bedrooms upstairs contained a chest of old toys. 
Many of these toys were not unlike the kind that people avoided at antique shops for fear that they would undoubtedly welcome any number of unholy entities into your home. This room also had a large walk-in closet filled with coats that hadn't been touched in decades. I hated this closet most of all. Walking inside it always gave me an instant chill. The air inside smelled stale even with the window open, and I avoided it whenever possible. My family would spend most nights in one of the two rather unremarkable bedrooms adjacent to this closet. This story is the reason I will no longer sleep in any of the upstairs bedrooms. One winter night, my family was sleeping all together in the only bedroom with a lockable door. My parents and my little brother were fast asleep in the bigger bed while I lied awake on a cot a few feet away. The only sound in the room was my parents' soft snores and the hum of a red-hot electric heater. It felt as though I had been awake for hours when I heard the first few footsteps. Thunk, thunk, thunk. I knew that sound. It was the sound of thick-soled boots on the thin carpet in the room next door. They were unmistakably footsteps. I held my breath, listening for any sign that the feet were approaching our bedroom. This is where I die, I thought. I pictured a large man, clothed in plaid, wielding an axe and kicking his way through our bedroom door. The small hook latch in the old wood was no match for those thick-soled boots. Thunk, thunk, thunk. I pictured my grandfather, having already met his fate, blood spurting from where an axe had ripped through his skull, unconscious or dead, and unable to call out for help and warn us. If I had just kept quiet, maybe the intruder wouldn't find us, I thought. I froze completely, knowing any shift of my weight would cause the cot and the floor beneath it to creak. Thunk, thunk, thunk. Why wasn't it leaving the toy room, I thought. Why didn't the floor creak with the weight of each step like it always did? At this point, I had gotten a little braver and managed to crawl the four feet to where my dad was asleep and I shook him awake. I hear footsteps, I whispered. Barely awake and very used to my nonsense, he brushed me off and said, It's just your grandfather walking downstairs. I listened for the footsteps, sure that their owner had heard my dad speak at full volume. But all I could hear was my grandfather snoring from the bedroom just below ours. At this point, my mom had woken up. Still half asleep, she groaned. What's going on? I said, there's footsteps in the toy room. In an attempt to silence me more than anything, my dad picked up the blankets and told me to climb in. I felt a bit safer next to my parents, but I kept my eyes focused on that old hook latch. Thunk, 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 thunk. I heard it that time too, said my mom, a slight panic in her voice. My dad reluctantly slid out of bed and unlatched the lock. I sat up and listened as my dad walked through the other upstairs bedrooms, bracing for that inevitable scuffle and shouting as my dad came face to face with whoever our intruder was. Moments felt like hours as they passed in complete silence, but incredibly, my dad walked back into bed unscathed. There's nothing there, he said. I don't remember much of that, but I do remember my dad saying to me, as only my dad would, we all die. It's part of life. It's going to happen to all of us eventually, so there's no point in worrying about it. Since then, I've slept on the couch on the main floor. <laughs> <laughs> Only my dad. That was good. Only my dad. <laughs> You're gonna die one day. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Spooky. One thing I liked the automatopias. Thank you. 
I, I very carefully placed those automatopoeias. For maximum spook effect. For maximum spook. <laughs> but this literally happened. Oh my gosh, that's scary. Like Did, You never found out what it was? I didn't know what it was, but there were fucking footsteps in, in that house. Mm. I refused Ghosts. to go up there anymore. Yeah, must have been. Because it, it freaked me out, man. It was like the Ooh. middle of the night. There's no reason for there to have been footsteps. It's not okay. <laughs> it is your turn. All right, I'm ready to be spooked. Okay, this one uh-huh. is called <laughs> Spooky Story 2. <laughs> <laughs> not even Spooky Story 1. This is number two. I I put them out of order. Okay. Um, If I had to come up with a name, it would be called Dishes. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm listening. All right. I was listening to some music on my earbuds one night while washing the dishes. I'd probably gotten about a quarter of the way through all of them when I started hearing this far-off screaming. I stopped washing for a moment and listened. My music was still playing, but I was pretty sure I could hear someone screaming in pain. I put down the sponge in the cup, rinsed my hands, and dried them off. I could still hear the screaming. I paused the music and the screaming stopped. I stopped for a moment listened. Then, when I heard nothing, I turned the music back on and began washing again. After I'd finished rinsing the cup, I picked up a fork and spoon and began scrubbing. Suddenly, I heard the screaming again. Someone was in pain. I dropped the utensils and the sponge and ripped the earbuds out of my ears. The screaming stopped. I was so sure it wasn't the music. There definitely wasn't any screaming in Bach's violin concerto in A minor. I looked to my left and right and decided that it must be something with the music, so I put my earbuds back in and began washing where I left off. I finished off utensils and started on a mixing bowl when the screaming starts up again. Louder this time. Closer. I put everything down in the sink, take out my earbuds, wipe my hands off, and begin walking through the house. No one's in the living room, the bedroom, the bathroom. I open the front door, stick my head out, and look around. No one. I close the front door and go around to the back and look at my dog lying in the sun. She raises her head slightly when I slide the back door open. She just looks at me. I look around the backyard and when I see no one, slide the back door closed and I walk back over to the sink and look around me once more. I take a moment before I put my earbuds back in. As I decide there's really no one around, I put my earbuds back in again and begin washing. This time it took about a minute before the screaming started up again. I kept washing for a little bit while the screaming continued, convinced it must be something with the music. Then it got closer. I threw down the dishes in my hands and ripped the earbuds out of my ears. The screaming stopped. Breathing heavily now, I just waited, listening. There was literally not one sound. The drip, not the dripping of the faucet, not the buzzing of a fly, nothing. My breathing slowed a bit and I continued washing, without my earbuds this time. For a while, I slowly washed in silence, straining to hear anything. Still nothing. At this point, I started humming nervously. Then, faintly, I start hearing the screaming again. This time it sounded like they were far away. I stopped humming, and the screaming stopped. Again, I listened. I started humming and washing, and after about a minute, 
I heard the screaming again. I stopped humming, dropped the dishes, and picked up my phone. I started dialing my brother's number. I wouldn't put it past him to play a prank like this on me. It keeps ringing and ringing, and when I think he's not going to answer, he picks up. Hello? Hey, it's me. Where are you? Sitting in my room? Why? What are you doing? Playing Halo. Why? Are you sure? What? Yeah, of course. What are you talking about? So you're not over here screaming? No, dude. What are you talking about? Let me hear. Hear what? Your game. Let me hear. What? Why? Just let me hear. I hear him say, Hey guys, my sister doesn't believe I'm playing with you. Say something. Up, sexy. Wanna come ride this okay, okay. See, it's just some dudes online. What's up? I start breathing heavy again. Hey, what's going on? It's just... I'm at home washing the dishes and... And there's just someone screaming. I thought it was you. What? That's weird. Did you go look around the house? What's Daisy doing? She's just on the back porch. I looked all over and there's no one. It sounded like they were hurt. I just thought maybe it was you playing a prank. No, dude. Maybe it's someone in another house. But if Daisy's not reacting, it's probably nothing. Just calm down. I'm sure she'd let you know if something was going on. Right. Yeah, right. You're probably right. Uh, yeah. Sorry to bug you. Just whatever. I'll see you at Mom and Dad's next week. Bye. He hung up. I stood there for a bit. Not sure what to do next. Finally, I'm able to pick up my feet and walk to the back door. Daisy's still lying there in the sun. She didn't even pick her head up this time. He's probably right. It's nothing. Probably something weird with the music or my earbuds or something. I went back to the sink and began washing again. I was almost finished now, just six more things left. Then I can calm down with a book outside or something. I decided to keep the earbuds out for a bit, but started to get nervous and put them back in. I shouldn't be scared anyway if it's just the earbuds. I continue washing and listening to the music for a bit. As I'm washing the second to last dish, it starts up again. This time it sounds like it's right behind me. It's definitely nothing with the music. I drop the dish and sponge and rip the earbuds out of my ears. I turn around as quickly as I can, but there's no one there. As I turn back to the sink, my breathing starts quickening again. That definitely wasn't the music. There's no way. I go run to the back door again, but Daisy's just lying there still. I walk slowly back to the sink and pick up the dish and sponge. I refuse to put the earbuds back in. I'll just finish this and then go hang out with Daisy on the porch. I begin washing, a bit faster than normal, trying to get done. Then I heard it. A whisper in my ear. Just kidding. But there was no one behind me. Ooh, spooked over. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally thinking that you were gonna say like like your brother was upstairs playing Halo and it was just like the game, people screaming on the game or something. And I was just like, oh that explains it. Nope. Nope. What was it? Ghost. Who knows? Spooky. It's a ghost. It's always a ghost. We have a ghost. At your house? Yes. And at that other house? Yes. It's not mm. the same ghost. This ghost you just likes to... Ghosts. I must. This ghost just likes to play with our lights. And oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and turn them and flicker them. And then when we, we threaten to put it on the internet, it stops. 
Have you um, learned Morse code? Oh, no, I should do that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Squid Game on Netflix? I have not. Is it worth watching? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll give in to the <laughs> hype and do it. Yeah. All right. Who's up next? I think we'll do <clears throat> James's next. Oh, I'm excited for this one. So this one's a quick, quick read. You know what? We're going to call it Untitled. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Untitled by James Hartlow. All right. Jacob woke up screaming. He looked down and realized that he was right next to a 200-story cliff. He found himself laying on the snow as he slowly got to his feet and he suddenly remembered how he got there. He pictured a yeti dragging his still-screaming father by the leg and then looking towards his mother. She drew a long, deep breath and then said, Everything's going to be alright. Then she succumbed to her wounds. Jacob snapped out of his flashback. The yeti roared at the top of his lungs before charging at Jacob. Jacob dodged and tripped the monster, causing it to fall to its death off the cliff. The sun set as Jacob climbed down the mountain. He made himself a fire when he heard the roar of the yeti once again. At that very moment, a gust of wind blew out his fire. Once Jacob relit it, he turned around, only to be confronted by a hundred yetis surrounding him, finally ripping him to pieces. Oh my gosh. Dun dun dun, end of story. Oh, <laughs> that was a good one. James got a great little mind there. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, I love I love that it had a twist ending. Uh-huh. That was good. I was not expecting. I don't. I wasn't either. That was the part that got all of us when we were reading it, and like mm. everyone in my family took a turn reading it, and we were like, oh, "Twist ending." Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're up next. We're ready okay. for story number two from you, there, Danny. Actually, it's titled "Spooky Story 3. Oh. <laughs> okay. We're ready for your third story. And there's no. Um, that's the title. I would. I don't want to call it anything else. All right. It's a short one. Okay. It's about a paragraph long. All right. I'm on board. I opened up the case and pulled out my trumpet, put in the mouthpiece, and set the instrument down on my lap. I started shuffling around my music for the piece I was supposed to be practicing for the beginning of the school year. Finally, I found it and put it up on the stand. Then I grabbed the trumpet, put it to my mouth, and began buzzing. After a few bars, I start feeling this little tickling on my lips. I pulled the trumpet down and looked at it. Seemed fine. I knew I had it played all summer, but I didn't think it would feel this weird to start up again. Slightly confused, I put the instrument back up to my mouth and start playing again. This time I feel something tickling my lip, then definitely feel something touch my tongue. I rip the instrument away from my face and look down as hundreds of spiders start streaming out of the mouthpiece. No! (laughs) No! Oh, you just ruined my favorite instrument. Gross. Gross. I'm just picturing like a spider egg sac or something in your mouthpiece. Ew. <laughs> gross. That's so gross. Spooktober. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> Fuck. 
right. All right. It's your turn. So this one was written by a good friend of mine, and this one has an actual title. Named it was named Ring and Run. So uh, again, I haven't read this one, and Danny hasn't heard this one. So genuine reactions only. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All right. I didn't dare look out the window. We hid behind the couch, trying to keep as low as possible. My heart pounded in my ears. Don't look up. Don't look up. I glanced at Jake. The terror in his eyes matched my own, sweat blanketing his forehead. Don't look up, I mouthed. He didn't need to be told. We contorted ourselves smaller and smaller, resisting the urge to run. It started out as the best night of our lives. The best night you can have when you're 11, anyway. My parents went out on the town and made the brave decision to leave me home alone. It'd only be a few hours. I'd be fine. I asked if I could invite Jake over, and they surprisingly agreed. Two stupid 11-year-olds amounted to one smart 11-year-old, right? <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, the moment my parents' car backed down the driveway was one of pure triumph. Jake and I could now indulge in everything that was normally forbidden. We played violent video games at full volume, rode laundry baskets down the stairs, ate every speck of junk food, but even this hedonism wasn't enough, and there was soon only one thing left to do. We had to go outside. Jake suggested a round of ding-dong ditch, ring and run, Nicky Nicky nine doors, whatever you wanted to call it. Basically, you ring someone's doorbell, then run away cackling, while they come out staring at nothing like an idiot. It sounded hilarious. <laughs> Jake had played before and promised to show me the ropes. The first pumpkins had appeared on doorsteps. Jake and I trudged through the ankle-high leaves, feeling the chill of the autumn night. The only light came from the pale yellow pools of the streetlights. The game, at first, went by swimmingly. We hit almost every house on my block, sneaking across lawns and gardens, climbing onto porches, driving our fingers into plastic buttons to release those sweet sing-song chimes. Then we sprinted away as if hell itself were after us. Most of our neighbors responded with confusion, staring blankly at the empty street. One shouted expletives into the night. It was indeed hilarious, especially for sugar-loaded kids. Soon enough, it neared 10 o'clock. I suggested we head home, as my parents would be back soon. But Jake wanted to strike one last house. We had a specific one in mind, the house at the end of the boulevard. I can't say definitively if that house at the end of the boulevard was haunted. But if any house were to be haunted, it'd be that one. It was three floors of pure dilapidation, abandoned years ago after the death of its owner, left for nature to reclaim. Kids spoke of strange sounds and shadows from within, and this was Jake's brilliant idea for a target. The doorbell probably didn't even work, but we weren't deterred. Feeling uneasy, we scaled the rickety steps to the front door. I stared at the shattered black windows above, imagining something watching us from the shadows. Jake and I raised our fists. We were doing this together. Ready? he asked. His voice quivered. Ready, I replied, feeling a sudden chill. After a long hesitation, our fish crashed three times across the door. I imagined our knocks echoing through the old house, stirring it awake. We then bolted off across the overgrown grass, not able to laugh. I felt eyes burn my back from above. It was probably only my imagination, but I thought I heard a quiet creak from behind us, followed by a gust of cold wind. We didn't stop running until we finally made it home. 
We flicked on all the lights, checked that every door and window was locked. Then Jake and I hunkered down in the living room, preparing to watch a distracting comedy until my parents got home. I just plopped onto the couch when a sudden noise creamed out. I can still hear it today. Three knocks pounded my front door. Jake and I looked frantically at each other, the color drained from both our faces. No one would be knocking at this hour. My parents had keys, but I could sense someone, some presence, looming on the other side. The door stood adjacent to the living room window. If whatever was out there wanted to see in, to see us, well, it wouldn't be difficult. Without a second thought, we hurled ourselves behind the couch, out of sight of the window. We crumpled low to the floor. The knocks crashed again. Don't look up. Don't look up. The end. Ooh. That's a good one. Kids playing Ding Dong Ditch. Classic. Alright. Are you ready for... Wait, wait. Spooky story number one? Yes. Spooky story one. Spook story. Spooky story. Okay, go ahead. I awoke with a start, breathing heavily. The same thing had woken me up again. Loud banging and scratching from right beneath me. I hurl my upper body over the side of the bed and peer underneath. Black. Nothing. I reach for my phone on my nightstand and turn the flashlight on while still suspended upside down so whatever it was can't slip away. I shine the bright light under the bed and still see black. Nothing. As I turn myself right side up and lay back down, I'm still struggling to catch my breath. This is the eighth night in a row where I've woken up to this banging and scratching right under my bed. Still, I cannot figure out what it is. It's not even happening in my dream. It's real. I can tell. I can feel the vibrations. Trying to go back to sleep is useless now. It was already difficult trying to fall asleep knowing what I'd wake up to in the middle of the night yet again. I lay quite still, listening. Perhaps if I pretended I was asleep, I'd hear it banging and scratching again and could catch it in the act. Was that really what I wanted, though? Of course I wanted to get a full night's sleep, but did I really want to see what was making those noises right beneath me while I sleep? It could only be something terrifying, for those noises it makes are monstrous. How could I not see it? I hold my breath and hurl myself over the side of the bed once again. Still nothing. Black. Feeling defeated once again, I fling myself back onto the bed. I lay there waiting, listening, thinking. Just then the perfect idea comes to my mind. I sit up and walk to the kitchen. Lucy is lying on top of the fridge, lazily looking at me through her half-opened green morning eyes. I click at her and she meows at me through a yawn. Come on, Luce, come here. She looks back at me, annoyed that I woke her up. Did she not hear all that banging? The scratching? I grab her bowl and she jumps down instantly. I walk the bowl over to the side of the bed and watch as she follows me, slightly annoyed. I grab a fish chip from the scraps left over from yesterday's dinner and toss it under the bed. She looks at me, then peers under the bed. Is she searching for the chip or scared what's underneath? I can't tell. Go get it, I tell her. She continues peering. Then she hisses. I drop to my hands and knees, grab my phone, and shine the flashlight underneath the bed. Black. Nothing. The fish chip is gone. I jump to my feet and hop on the bed. Lucy looks at me expectantly. I grab another fish chip and dangle my head over the side of the bed. Lucy is watching my hand intently. We both watch as I toss the chip under the bed. We watch the chip slide right to the middle. It's sitting there when Lucy starts hissing again. 
Slowly, the chip disappears into the darkness. I shine the light under the bed and, again, black. Nothing. What the fuck just happened? Go under there, loose. She continues staring at the spot where the fish chip was. I try again. I grab the last scrap of Lucy's dinner in one hand, my phone in the other, and shine it under the bed. I slowly toss the chip under the bed and Lucy and I watch. Nothing happens. The chip just sits there. I can see Lucy's green eyes scanning underneath the bed, watching for whatever's taking her food. After what feels like five minutes, she slowly begins crawling towards the chip, stopping every few inches to scan the darkness. I keep my flashlight shining on the chip. She's only a few inches away now, and suddenly she starts hitting, hissing and meowing. Her claws are swinging in the darkness. I scream and pull myself upright. They're scratching and hissing, and finally she runs out from beneath the bed and books it out of the bedroom. Breathing heavily, terrified, I swing myself over the side of the bed and see black. Nothing. The chip is gone again. I instantly jump off the bed and run out of the room, searching for Lucy. She's back on top of the fridge this time backed into the corner by the slow cooker. Her green eyes are wide in fright. She's breathing heavily, too, looking back at me. What was it? I ask her. She stares back. I turn and look back at the bedroom. What could it be? I'm more terrified now than when I woke up and more awake than I've been all week. I decide to use my last resort. I take a deep breath and walk back into the bedroom. I hop on the bed quickly and crawl over to my nightstand. It's now dangling on the edge, daring to fall off and roll under the bed, but I snatch up my wand and get my grip on it. As I look down, about to peer under the bed again, I'm thrust backwards as I see the blackness slowly creeping out from under the bed. It's more than smoke, less than liquid. It's just black. It's creeping from under the bed as if it were spilling out, slowly emptying out from under the bed onto the floor and the rest of my bedroom. My breathing quickens considerably. I know what this is now. I know how to get rid of it, but I'm terrified. I hate the dark. I hate the nothingness of it. I hate the emptiness of it. I take a quick, deciding breath, stand up on my bed, watching as the blackness creeps out faster and faster. Lucy is inching her way into the doorway, staring at the blackness, hissing. I tighten my grip, take a big breath, and yell, RIDICULOUS! Do it! The spilling blackness <laughs> transforms into another Lucy, with springs for legs. The real Lucy's eyes get wide, and she hisses at her twin before it pops out of existence fucking bogarts i knew it i knew it <laughs> i fucking knew it <laughs> the whole time the second you said wand i was like oh, it's a bogart <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fucking great <laughs> <laughs> fucking bogart <laughs> that's great that's great I was like, oh, she's a witch now. <gasps> it's a bugger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta love uh, a quick road to Harry Potter. Just quick, just mm -hmm. quick little nod. This time of year. <sighs> Last one. Last one. This one has the, spook us. the the most onomatopoeias. <laughs> Ooh. So many onomatopoeias. <laughs> Did you just finish this one? Yeah. Or had you just finished <laughs> I just okay. finished this one. So if all of a sudden it makes no sense, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. I think it'll be good. Okay. Get the spook vibes. Spook vibes. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> so this one 
is called The Stone-Faced Man. Mm. Alright. The first few weeks in my new home were an adjustment, to say the least. The house was older and in need of multiple repairs, but it had good bones and it was all mine. The owners seemed happy to sell it, even for the pitiful amount I had to offer. I assumed they had gotten too old to handle all the work that needed to be done. I didn't have much furniture yet, only a few of the things that I brought with me from my tiny apartment in the city. I left the walls bare until I finished all the repairs and was able to repaint them. Being surrounded by trees off a one-lane highway was a nice change of pace. Who needed curtains with this secluded view, I thought. I guess the weirdness started a couple of weeks ago. It was a nice day, so I decided to do some work on the yard. I never imagined owning so much open space, and I was eager to make the most of it. I spent the day working up a sweat. I was covered in dirt, so when the sun started to set, I plopped down into a folding chair with an ice-cold drink to admire my work. That's when I noticed a man staring at me from the edge of my property, just behind the tree line. I hadn't met any of my neighbors yet, so I assumed he lived nearby and heard the house had sold. Maybe he was coming by to say hi to the new owner. People in small towns were friendly like that, right? So I waved to him with the sweetest smile I could muster. Hello, I yelled. No response. He just continued to stare at me with the same blank expression. I thought, maybe he's just confused as to why there's suddenly a young woman lounging in his elderly neighbor's backyard. I decided to head back inside, and when I looked through my bedroom window at the tree line, he had left. I added change locks to my list of repairs for the morning, scolded myself for not doing it sooner, and went to bed. I woke up at 3 a.m. with a loud crack of thunder. I just began settling back to sleep, listening to the rain pelt the window panes when I remembered I never cleaned up my tools in the backyard. Ugh, damn it, I groaned and rolled over in bed to look out my window at my mess. That's when my eyes were met with a stone-faced man, only feet from my bedroom window. I screamed and jumped out of bed, but my foot was caught in a tug-of-war match with my bedsheet and my body slammed to the ground. When I finally stood up, the man was gone. I grabbed my cell phone to call 911, but I had no bars. One of the pitfalls of small secluded towns, I thought. Poor cell reception. I was on my own. I ran out of my room and picked up my hammer from my toolbox. I turned on every light, double-checked every lock and every window. Satisfied that the man had not tried to force his way into my house, I barricaded myself in my bedroom for the rest of the night and tacked up a bedsheet over my window. I didn't go back to sleep that night. The next day, I replaced all the locks on my doors and windows and put up some makeshift curtains. A few weeks had passed without incident, and I started to wonder if I ever actually saw someone in my window to begin with. I eventually stopped falling asleep with a hammer in my hand and left it on my nightstand. Then one night, I woke to a dark figure standing at the end of my bed, staring at me. I didn't immediately move, convinced I was imagining it like one of those sleep paralysis demons. Then the figure shifted its weight from one foot to the other, and I lunged for my hammer. The man made a mad dash from my bedroom door and disappeared before I could get out of bed. I immediately slammed my bedroom door closed and barricaded it with my dresser. Dartmoor County Police, Sergeant Parker speaking. Hello, please help. There's someone in my house. Please, remain calm. Where are you calling from? I took a deep breath and gave him my new address. 
Oh. He said. What do you mean, oh? I yelled. He sighed. Are you the new owner of that house? Yes, I replied, a bit dumbfounded about how that was relevant to my current predicament. Look. He said. The old owners called once a week about some supposed man that lived in their house. I've been there more times than my own house in these past few months. It's probably nothing. I don't care what the old owners did, I yelled. Please, just come help me. All right. He sighed. I'm on my way. As he predicted, he found nothing. No signs of forced entry, no footprints, nothing. So the next day, I installed an electric security system and outdoor motion detector lights. Most importantly, I bought a gun to replace the bedside hammer and slept soundly for the next few weeks. This time, when the bright motion light streamed through my bedroom, I was ready. I lunged for my gun and aimed it out the window where I knew the man would be. In this light, I could see him fully for the first time. His skin was tan and weathered, his dark brown hair slightly matted on top, and his clothes were covered in unidentifiable stains. There was no soul behind his eye, but they were dark and piercing. Go! Leave me alone! I'll shoot! I warned. He cocked his head to one side, and a large evil grin broke across his face. <laughs> What's your emergency? I just shot someone. Who did you shoot, ma'am? This man outside my window. I think he's stalking me. I think I shot him in the head. He just wouldn't leave. Sergeant Parker showed up much quicker this time, with an ambulance trailing behind his squad car. They found the man dead on the lawn beneath my bedroom window. I gave the sergeant my statement while the paramedics packed up the man's body. The shock of the night had worn off in the sun of the day. I was so relieved to be free of him. And that night, when I settled into bed with a glass of wine, I looked out to my window expecting to see my peaceful new backyard. But reflected in the glass, just over my shoulder, was the grinning face that had come to haunt my nightmares. Bien. Spooky. Spooky. Oh, boy. Those are some spooky stories. Super spooky. I think we're having more fun just saying spooky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were good. This was fun. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Well, I hope you enjoyed our spooky stories. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Go get yourself some candy. Do you up there in Canada celebrate Halloween on the same day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question is that uh, I don't know. it's you north america do we i guess we do have thanksgiving mm -hmm. on a different day than you guys do so mm -hmm. that's a fair question because we just had uh canadian thanksgiving that's the benefit of being dual citizen you get two turkeys every year <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, well that's all for our stories so sad. That's it. The end. Go try to sleep. <laughs> Hopefully nothing appears at the end or under your bed. Oh. Fucking boggarts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Share us with your friends. And give us a rating and review. And your money. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll put those links in the show notes for you. Send us an email too if you want. We can put that in the notes too. And follow us on social media. Okay, yep. Yeah. We can 
and um, you should also. Well, I think we're done. I think that's enough. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again. Bye. Bye.